Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. Today on the show, we will have Robin Bruggeman in the studio with us to talk about the domestic church and uh, living your life liturgically, especially as a family, although you can do it not as a family. So uh, it's a great interview. I hope you'll stick around for that. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald. I would highly recommend uh, yes. listeners. Yes. Uh, Robin has been on Chris's show, Ignition, several times, and she's always a great guest. Yep. And uh, yeah, if she, she she's been, never been on, not with me now. I don't know if she would ever on previously, but mm, with me, she has not been. And maybe, I don't think she's been on Catholic Beast. Lead him to life, maybe? Did, maybe. I, I think Emily had yeah. her on. Yeah. So I was the last. Ah, darn it. <laughs> Save the best for last. <laughs> right, I guess, of course. Is what of Robin course. Did. Yes. So, so uh, what do you got for biblical Renee, bites? What do we, what is, what's today, Renee? 15th Sunday in our prepared. time? I can count or remember what I counted last I week. Say, How about I mean, that? And it helped you in the past. So I know. I t- You're right. Maybe I can't count. <laughs> so the first the first reading today it comes from the book of the prophet Amos. Okay. So it's a short reading. So I'm just going to do my sometimes very quick reading. The, this is uh, going to be a paraphrase, Bill. The, Don't uh, be disappointed. No, 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 no it won't be a paraphrase. No, no, oh, okay. it's going to be a quick reading, kind of like the uh, the commercials where the guy fits in all the lilies. Oh, okay. Awesome. Amaziah, priest of Bethel, said to Amos, Off with you, visionary. Flee to the land of Judah. There earn your bread by prophesying, but never again prophesy in Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary and a royal temple. Amos answered Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor have I belonged to a company of prophets. I was a shepherd and a dresser of sycamores. The Lord took me from following the flock and said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. That's the reading. First reading. Wow. Hey, that is um, short. Um... I have no idea what just happened, though. You so. have no idea what just happened. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I hope Bill was listening. So, so dressing sycamores. <laughs> that that, that actually caught yes, me. Yes, what does that mean, people? Any idea? What's a sycamore? Um, it's a tree. Well, a sycamore, yeah. yeah. What do you mean? Dre- I don't know. What would well, dressing you, be, Bill? You put clothes on it. That's what... <laughs> That's I don't not, think I don't, so. I don't, have time. I don't have time to talk about that. That is, that is it, it's a dresser of sycamores. Uh, I, actually, I don't want to steal people. Look it up. Okay. Look it up. Okay. Oh. Um, Amaziah is a priest of Bethel, and he basically lays into Amos, get out of here, go to Judah, but never, uh, never again prophesy in Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary and the royal temple. The king's sanctuary and the royal temple. No. Okay. I'm... Correct me if I'm wrong here, Renee, but isn't the temple somewhere else? Yeah, it's not in Bethel. Where is it? I don't know where Bethel even is. Right. Uh, well, uh, where's the temple? In Jerusalem. I guess so, I don't know about it at that time. I assume it's in it Jerusalem. Was, it was. So, yeah. great question. So, so Amos um, prophesied in the 8th century. Bill, that means the 700s BC. Thank just, you. Just, yeah, just, wow. Was, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, Bill. That was it's like, uncalled for. Oh, no. uh, you do it all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. So um, 8th century Jerusalem has been around for a long time. This is after Solomon. And okay. So the northern and the southern kingdoms have split. The tribes have split. you got the 10 in the north who are now called kingdom of Israel and the two in the south called the kingdom of Judah. Mm-hmm. So this is where it gets confusing because it used to be all Israel and now Israel is just the northern part kingdom. The southern kingdom is Judah. Right. Are you with me? Yep. Okay. So he says to flee to the land of Judah. Okay. So Bethel is in the southern. It, it's not actually, it's not that far north of Jerusalem, but it's far enough north where it's in the northern kingdom of Israel. Okay. Okay. So the northern kingdom, 
needed uh, a, a religious center because Jerusalem, well, that's now- Jerusalem in was southern, in the southern kingdom. Okay. In the southern kingdom. Okay. Right? So it's in the southern kingdom. So you you need, the, the king has his capital in Samaria. Mm-hmm. Um, save that for another New Testament. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so the capital city is Samaria, but you need also need a religious center. Mm-hmm. So there, there was Jerusalem, but you're the king of the Northern Kingdom. I can't have my people still loyal to Jerusalem because that's right. the Southern Kingdom. So they in Bethel they established a new um, sanctuary, the King's Sanctuary, and a royal temple. So this becomes the religious center for the Northern Kingdom. So did they build a temple there? They built it, yeah. Okay. It's not like Solomon's was. It's right. not as uh, um, uh, grandiose, et cetera, et cetera. So now there is, in in the northern kingdom, in Bethel, there is a new temple. Um, and Amos basically is chastising. So so the thing I, the thing I want to say about Amos, whatever it means to be a dresser of sycamores, you'll have to find out yourself. I made a note. But he says, I was no prophet, nor have I belonged to a company of prophets. I was a shepherd and a dresser of sycamores. So basically he was, there were people who were professional prophets. Right. Amos is not one of them. He was doing his thing with the sycamores and, and, and the sheep. Um, and then the Lord called him. I need, I want you to, to go and prophecy mostly against the Northern kingdom. So he's mm-hmm. from the South. He's from Judah, but the Lord has asked him, my people in the North, are getting way off track. It seems like a I scary proposition. Exactly. Yeah. But the, so it, it is, it's a scary proposition. But so what I want to emphasize here, he's from the South. He's got called to go and, and correct challenge, um, call people's attention to the fact that they're violating what the Lord has done them to, as has asked them to do. Right. Um, and he challenges them, even though he was not a professional himself. Sometimes the Lord does the same with us. Yeah. Good stuff, Dr. B. Thank you. You bet. In the studio with me today is someone I've been really wanting to get here for a while. A, a common guest, common, a frequent guest with Dr. Chris Bergwald, it seems like. We have Robin <laughs> Bruggeman here with us today. Hi, Robin. Hello, Renee. How are you? I'm great. Great. I'm so glad you could come because I was, uh, <laughs> I didn't use you as a... <laughs> As an emergency, but it was becoming an emergency. I was like, you know what? I'm calling Robin because Robin needs to get in here anyway. I was really having trouble finding a guest this week. <laughs> and she was kind enough to come in kind of at the last minute mm-hmm. and finally get in here and be able to come on the show with us. I'm really glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's kind of a rainy day, but at least when Thanks we're recording this, but it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. so good to see the rain. So we're going to talk to Robin a little bit today about... Um, she and her family, they uh, live liturgically, and we're going to find out what that means and how they do it and how maybe we can do it. And we'll talk about hopefully a couple other things, uh, Eucharistic, Eucharistic adoration, if I can say it, we'll talk about it, and um, we'll see where else it goes. Okay. So, um, Robin, will you start first by just telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from? I know it's not quite in our diocese, but you're so close. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am married to Spike, and next month will be our 28th oh, wow. wedding anniversary. Uh, we live on a farm right on the border, South Dakota and Iowa. It's okay. the farm that Spike was raised on. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's just a great place to just live. a dairy farm? Nope, we have grain farm? and okay. livestock. Okay. And Spike also has an auto repair shop on our farm. Oh, wow. So it's a busy place. He's not busy at all, is he? <laughs> um, yeah, he jokes often that he pretty much only leaves the farm for mass. Right. 
I but, hope he loves it then. Oh, yes. <laughs> so good. loves it. Good. And um, so, yeah, we're busy with that. We have seven great kiddos. Wow. Our oldest, Michaela, is married. We have a cool um, mm-hmm. son-in-law and a really sweet grandbaby, Melody, yep. that just turned one. Yep. So we have Michaela, um, and she'll be 24. And then we have Carter, who is 22. Mm-hmm. Julia's 19. Justina's 15. Blaze is 13. Fulton is 11. And my baby Benedict is seven. Oh, wow. And so he's not a baby. He's making us first he's, communion yes. this oh, Sunday. Wow, so we're so, so excited. Yep. So seven kiddos, yep. you know, from seven up to 24. Yep. And just a busy, um, great, awesome busy life enough. with them. And yep. I'm a convert to the Catholic okay. faith. Yeah. Um, I was raised Protestant, born okay. and raised Protestant. Okay. And switched probably about four years into our marriage. Okay. And um, so, yeah. And I, I switched to be Catholic, and that was the right, you know, kind of the next best thing to do right. in our journey yeah. um, in an interfaith marriage. And, but I would say, I really became Catholic probably when Michaela, so our oldest, was in first grade, was okay. when I kind of thought, you know, I kind of want to know more about. The Catholic Church. What is this thing I just joined? (laughs) And so I feel like that's when I really, really started to identify really as I'm Catholic. Mm -hmm. You know, so so your husband was he always was he cradle classic? Yes, Catholic, born and raised Catholic. Okay, family. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really good. When um, I assume that you became Catholic because you wanted to become Catholic. Um. Ooh. <laughs> because That's a story for another day. Because you know, sometimes um when you have a, a a marriage like that where one is Catholic and one is Protestant, uh it can be very dangerous if the person doesn't convert because they want to convert. Mm-hmm. So I hope there was at least some, hey, I want to convert. Yeah, you know, okay, I good. did. Okay. Um yeah, I mean I didn't I wasn't like kicking and screaming, <laughs> being pulled into it. However, I um you know, um all of my life, I would have never thought I'd become Catholic. Right. You know, when I was growing up, Protestant, sure. loved loved my Protestant faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, leading up to when I became Catholic, I swore I would never become Catholic. <laughs> and so it's it's been a journey. Sure. But now I look back, you know, so I chose it. Mm-hmm. It was the right thing to do because I wanted to um, be one in our marriage yep. with the same faith. That's but important. Knowing, oh, yeah. Um, but knowing that if we're going to bring kids into this marriage— that would just be really hard yeah. to have a dual yeah. um, denomination thing going on. I know, I know people do it and it's doable yeah. and that's just the journey they're made, you know, that they're called to be on at sure. that time. But um, yeah, you know, Monsignor Andrasco, I love him. Yes. He's, he, other than Spike, <laughs> I mean, I chose to be Catholic for Spike, um, but he's the reason that I became Catholic. Oh, that's he awesome. really is. Yeah. And um, yeah, I have and him that, to thank for that. And that was yeah. why you mentioned to me before we started here that you were uh, were a member or went to Holy Spirit mm-hmm. Parish in yes. Falls quite a bit. Yes. And now you're a member at St. Therese. Yeah, yeah. So, so Holy Spirit is yeah. my home yeah. church. Yeah. And so even when I still go there to visit, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm home. I just, I love Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. There's so many great places in our diocese. There are. We are so blessed. Yeah, there Very are. Very blessed. Um, I forgot when you were naming off your your children. I realized, oh sure, Michaela. If in case you are have been reading the bishop's bulletin, which mm-hmm. obviously everyone is, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michaela is one of our freelance writers. Mm-hmm. You'd recognize her as uh, Michaela Pennell, yes. of course, her married name. Yeah. And her husband Jordan took some of the ordination pictures yes. this year. Yeah. So, so there, we've got some different connections with the yes. family yes. diocese. We just For love sure. it here. For sure, <laughs> we love it. Yeah. It's all a good thing. Okay, so. Um, you, uh, I've known, I haven't known you for very long. We've met a couple times, but I have heard from many people that you 
and your family live liturgically. Mm -hmm. So can you explain that to us, Mm -hmm. please? So living liturgically, um, liturgy, meaning, you know, like the church, Mm -hmm. the the mass, the church, living, just part of our Mm day-to-day, what we do. Mm -hmm. So we just have, on our journey, grown to embrace the the life of the Catholic Church, the rhythm, it's so intentional. Like the Catholic Church so perfectly plans out the year, mm-hmm. the day, the readings. What are our readings today from, you know, scripture right. to what feast day is it? Or is, is there a special saint day that we're celebrating? Is it, you know, what time of the year is it? Is it ordinary time? Is it a special time? Is it Advent? Is it Christmas? Whatever. The church so perfectly, beautifully plans that out. Mm-hmm. And that's been going on forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we do then is we just take a day at a time in the life of the church and just, you know, what's going on in the church today? What's going on in the church this week? What's going on this weekend? What are the readings about? What's the theme? And then we take that into our everyday life okay. and try to live that in the home. Okay. Um, so living liturgically sounds, to some people, they might think that sounds intimidating. That sounds yes. scary. <laughs> it's not. Please don't be. And, you know, there's so many ways to live liturgically. You know how I live liturgically in my family might look different to sure. a family that looks similar. You know, Especially might, if they have younger kids, maybe, because yeah, that's going to exactly. really determine a lot. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they're single. Maybe mm-hmm. they're just married. Um, you know, wherever you're at in your stage, you can live liturgically and it looks differently. You know, to one person, you know, we start our day off reading the readings together. So okay. if Spike or I are not at mass for, you know, whatever day it is, mm-hmm. um, then we start the day with the readings, the church's readings, and mm-hmm. we do those together. That's living liturgical. Right. It's taking the church and it's bringing it into your home life, into right. your family life, into your personal mm-hmm. being and life, and just living the life of the church that way. Right. It's and I, I think it's a lot of, um, it's not just going to church on the weekend, you right. know? And we did that for many years, right. and that was great. That fed us mm-hmm. the way it was meant to feed us where we were on the journey sure. at that time. Yep. And then as we, you know, probably me, it's been more me that I've, and my journey of getting to know more about the Catholic Church mm-hmm. is like, oh, that's an interesting feast day, or that saint is interesting. What is that? <laughs> what can we do to learn more about you know, whatever that topic is, whatever right. that, that feast is, whatever that saint is, um, and just bringing it more into our day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. So it's bringing the church home, really. Right. You know, it's right. bringing well, the church out of the building into our domestic church, which, you know, whether we have a family or not, is still our domestic church. Right. And that's know? really the heart of the church is the exactly, domestic church. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I've really, you know, when we just did the, you know, we're just going to Mass on the weekends, this feeds us, this is great. That was great. And we didn't know any different. Right. And then we went a little bit deeper with the church life and what really is going on in the life of the church mm-hmm. today or this week or this weekend. It's brought us to a whole nother like, wow, you know, this is really great. It's just another layer of the Catholic faith of getting to know it and right. live it. And so living liturgical to us, I guess, is just really bringing church home, bringing right. church into the home right. and being aware. It's an awareness. Yeah. Um, and that just changes. You know, once you are intrigued to you know, live more like that. Mm-hmm. It's just an awareness. Yeah. What's going on in the church today? Yeah. And it, it starts with what are the readings? What's, you know, is there something else special going on in the church yeah. today? So I imagine you don't just wander <clears throat> by the calendar and be like, oh, it's this saint's day and, and then that's it. <laughs> well, so, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so can you give us some examples of some of the things you might do or even plan ahead for as a family then? Yeah. So well, let's see what it looks like for you. Yeah. You know, I would say um, their daily readings mm-hmm. are a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see. Um, so yes, well, two days ago, so I was traveling this week, so I'm trying to remember what day it was, but sure. Maria, St. Maria Goretti, mm-hmm. that feast day was 
this last week. Yes. Um, now, normally I do a lot with feast days. You know, here's the other thing with living liturgically. You're not locked into something. Right. It's not perfect. I'm not perfect. I doubt anybody lives liturgically perfectly right. or does anything with their faith perfectly. You might forget something once exactly. or twice. Exactly. <laughs> I do. Or maybe, you know, maybe you're in a season you're busy. Well, I happen to be traveling this week. Right. And um, one of my girls, their middle name is Maria. Mm-hmm. So then we would especially celebrate that feast day because it's her her like one name of her namesake as well. Sure. Um, so for starters, she'd get the celebrate plate, right? So mm-hmm. we were traveling, um, Spike and me and one of the girls were traveling in Lincoln um, earlier this week. So we were not home on that feast day. So then we celebrated it yesterday, okay. even though that was not the day. Sure. But we just wanted to acknowledge that saint. So how we, we might do that is then reading up about the saint. Okay. You know, who is Maria Gretti? Right. Why, she, why is she so special that she the church is you know featuring her on a certain day mm-hmm. to celebrate her life? And so for us, we love to get to know the saints. Mm -hmm. We'll read about them. You know, what was their life story? What are they the patron saint of? Mm -hmm. You know, why are they someone that we should get to know? And they're our our extended family. They They are. are. Yeah. They're in heaven. They're there to pray for us. All the saints live these lives that are just great models for us Mm -hmm. to just try to, you know, live like, you know, live, put our faith first. Right. Right. So we'll um, read about the saint if we don't already know of her. Of course, we already knew her story just because we've been celebrating this for a while. Sure. Um, if I was more on top of it and I was home and I was having a really smooth day, sure. I would probably make like Italian or something. Cause oh, you're sure. From Italy. Yeah. Um, maybe I would do pasta and I'm not gonna make something fancy Italian, right. but I mean, you could even throw spaghetti together. Right. Um, but you make we, sure the kids know why you're doing that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then we visited a train, uh, traveling Saint relic, um, oh, deal yes. in Vermilion a couple yes. months ago, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And his whole theme was really based on Saint Maria Gretti and oh, her wow. life of forgiveness. Now, so if we wanted to take that a step further in our liturgical living, you know, we could, and I haven't, like I remember last year, we just talked a lot about forgiveness on mm-hmm. that night. I, you know, I was gone or I was traveling. So yesterday was just kind of a, hey, yesterday was St. Maria Gretti Day. Let's just kind of, so I hung a picture of her up. And, um, but interestingly enough, my seven-year-old, so last night I was talking about Maria Gretti. I coincidentally opened up um, one of his lessons for First Reconciliation, First Communion coming up. It was on Maria Gretti, which oh, was wow. like so wild, right? <laughs> and he said, hey, that's that saint that the priest was talking about at that traveling saint thing. He remembered that. He remembered seven year old. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my goodness, that's so beautiful. I mean, that was God. That yeah. was God at work to yep. where you just go, oh my goodness. And he was like, she forgave someone who hurt, you know? So mm-hmm. so that's what my hope is that by living liturgically, and I, I don't know, I mean, I'm still raising my kids. Maybe yep. I'll flunk at it. I don't know, yeah. but I'm hoping. I'm just going to try my best and yeah. hope for the best. But my hope is that the kids will grow up and even ourselves thinking, okay, there's this saint that is connected to forgiveness mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, if I'm struggling with forgiveness, I could just look to the saint yes. or whoever. So now that's a small example, but maybe it's, you know, St. Thomas More was a couple of weeks ago. Then we have s'mores for St. Thomas oh, yeah. More. Sure. Um, there's so many ways to yeah. live liturgically. And you can make it um, fun, especially when you have younger kids. Yeah. It doesn't have to be super serious. Right. At I, all. You know, the funner, the more fun, the better, the more punnier, the better. <laughs> we love pun foods. That's what so I remember. Like, that's the best thing is, the we'll try pun foods. So for um, pray, hope, and do not worry. Oh. Padre Pio. Padre Pio. He's my favorite. Yes, I think I heard that on one of your shows. So we always have donuts on his feast day. But whenever I buy donuts, I try to say, pray hope and do not worry. Pray hope and do not worry. Which saint do we think of when we're having donuts? So we try to put little puns together like that. But That's really, that's genius. Just have fun with it. But it doesn't need to be stressful. I don't like stress. I'm not a super planner. Right. So there's lots of 
easy ways, yeah. like cheater ways. I should probably start like a cheater way to live liturgically for people you to make should. it easy because like anybody can do this. Yes. You can do this in your sleep. <laughs> if you're just joining us, we are talking to Robin Bruggeman, hearing a bit about how she and her family live liturgically. Um, so, okay, I want to maybe come back to the saint thing if we have time, but I do want to talk to you a little bit about your practice of Eucharistic adoration, because I just learned about this about you the other day. Mm. You were surprised. I know. I'm like, <laughs> how did you know that about me? <laughs> well, we had a we had a, a reporter call us looking for some people to interview for it, and I didn't know about you. <laughs> found out later after he uh, we found someone. But so how, when did this start for you because mm-hmm. I, sh- I assume it did not start right away when you converted. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. I would have been like, Eucharistic adoration? What is right. that? <laughs> right. What does that Most mean? Most Catholics are feeling right, that way. Right. So tell um, us how, when and how did this start? Yeah. So um, Monsignor Andrasco, okay. who founded Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. that's the reason I became Catholic. And then um, eventually he opened up the Adoration Chapel, yep. the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel, which is 24 hours a day, seven days a week at Holy Spirit, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Yep. And so... You know, there was just a big push for that then at Holy Spirit. And I don't even know that I knew what it was or what it meant, right. but it was like, Monsignor says we need to do this. We're <laughs> going to show up and do it, right? <laughs> so that's how it started, okay. is they were trying to fill all the slots of um, Eucharistic Time, Adoration, yep. which is Jesus present in the monstrance, you know, yep. um, on the altar. And so he's fully present there. So we go to pray for him. So for the listeners that are like, what is that? It's Jesus fully present in the Eucharist. You show up and you just pray with him. Yep. He's there. You feel his presence. Oh my goodness, I could tell you so many stories. It's so great. <laughs> but so anyways, um, we signed no, the whole up for- family. And when you say we, you mean you and your family, not just you. Right. So okay. we, I mean, we signed up, I don't even know how many years ago, Monsignor okay. yeah, founded it's and been... opened that chapel. I mean, I, I was asking Spike last time, like how many years? I don't well, even know. We moved here in 2005 and I think it was Father Morgan had just- Okay, so maybe before recently that, taken then. over. Yeah, so be, yeah. yeah, it's more than um, 15 years. Yeah, so we signed up for like an 11 o'clock spot at mm-hmm. night and we had oh. littles and it was hard and it'd be like ready for bed. And But the beautiful thing is in the meantime, we were Monsignor's personal subs. So oh. when he had a wedding, which is common on a Saturday mm-hmm. or to travel, he'd be like, hey, can you sub for my noon hour on Saturday? And we found that to be just perfect. And oh, so yeah. once he kind of retired from his hour he's like, like do you want my hour i'm like yes <laughs> i would much rather have the noon instead of 11 p.m so we have had that slot for years mm-hmm. and you know um sometimes it's me sometimes it's spike sometimes we go as a family during yeah. covid it was the best thing ever oh, adoration bet. chapel was open and so we would go as a family wow. when the churches were closed we still had adoration it yes was so fantastic so we would go as a family do our readings pray um you know, sometimes it's me and one of the kids. Sometimes it's my older kids that will mm-hmm. take the hour. Um, so that's really yeah. beautiful. And and I love the monastery here. I will try yeah. and hit the monastery oh, has yes. it here on the diocesan campus. Yep. Oh, it's just great. I've been so. in there several times. I actually went there more often when I first started working at the diocese. And it's mm-hmm. just a beautiful little place to yeah. go and so peaceful. And yes. depending on... For me, it was a little, um, the first time I was there and all the nuns came in to Mm -hmm. do the rosary and stuff. That was a little disconcerting for me because I like really needed the quiet time at the moment. <laughs> they I was came like, in with their switch and their prayers. <laughs> but, but yet it, it's so beautiful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, oh, it is. And so it depends so on what you need at the moment. But sometimes being there when they're in there, all of them doing the, it's really just beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's something so, to experience. It really is. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. But there's something about Eucharistic adoration mm-hmm. where um, you just really feel Jesus's presence. Yeah. I mean, I really believe someone could show up there not even knowing what fully understand it because i did it for years i didn't fully understand right right. but you enter into the presence of jesus when Mm -hmm. he is fully exposed in eucharistic adoration and you just feel different yeah i can go in there just 
you know, stressed or anxiety or crazy, you know, <laughs> out of breath by the time I get there because I've come from one thing to another. Right. And you enter into his presence and it just leaves all, everything yucky leaves you. It's a good description. Right? You know, yes. like I used to call it my detox hour yeah. when all my kids were little and I was just like, you know, it was a great time, but it was a crazy time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need my detox hour. I'd walk in there and just everything leaves you. That's not good. Mm-hmm. And you feel Christ's presence mm-hmm. and you're just restored. With all this yep. goodness, it's so beautiful. And just, you probably could be a better mom then after that. Oh, for sure. You come out and just be for sure. Until I come home. home and then everyone's screaming. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, it does. It does. It really does help you to. You just really are a different person again yeah. after experiencing Jesus in yeah. that way. You do leave changed, yeah. yeah, and ready to tackle life again. Yeah. You really do. It's so that's beautiful. So it's such a gift. We, we need that in our life right now because everything is so crazy, oh, so busy. Yes. Um, a little bit scary oh, sometimes sure. yeah. things that are going on. So it's really good to have that really that quiet time that you can yeah. spend. Like a safe place. Yes. It's Oh, it's so great. For sure. So great. We were in Lincoln, um, you know, with one of our kids doing orientation. Mm-hmm. She's going to be a Husker. Sorry. I know you're a jackrabbit. Oh, that's totally <laughs> fine. It's been a long time. <laughs> um, but anyways, it was crazy. In fact, they said at orientation, okay, you are all going to leave with a gluttony of information, which I thought was so funny that they termed it like that because we were like, oh my gosh, you feel full just hearing that word, right? <laughs> By the end of the day, we were just like, oh my gosh, we just, it was a great day. It was exciting. It was fun. It was emotional. We're sending another kid off to college. And I said, you don't, we need to see Jesus before we leave. They have the best yep. chapel, church, new really? center ever. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, you awesome. have to go visit. I said, you know, we're going to go see Jesus, which we would normally do anyways. Right. And we walked into the church thinking it was just you know, he's going to be in the tabernacle, right. which is right. great, whatever. We walked in. Adoration was going on. <gasps> Eucharistic adoration. That's perfect. And there was like, like 20 people lined up for confession. Oh, this wow. This is on a campus. And I assume mostly Tuesday, college students. Yeah. At like five in the afternoon. Oh, wow. How beautiful, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, this place is thriving. Yeah. But it was adoration. We all just went, oh my goodness. Thank We're you, home. Jesus. <laughs> We're home. But we needed that before yeah. our trip home, which yeah. we would just have stopped and said, you know, okay, help us, you know, grant us safe traveling, mercies home to reunite with the family. Mm-hmm. But that adoration time, oh my goodness, it was such a gift. We yeah. had no idea that Jesus was waiting in that way right. for us. Yep. And there was stained glass. The stained glass is just beautiful. And Jesus was pictured there as Christ the King on the throne mm-hmm. with all kinds of you know angels and saints around him. And he had the sacred heart, which is kind of my new obsession is anything sacred heart. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh my gosh, it's sacred heart, which has always been there, but I never noticed it until right. that's my new thing now. Right. But he had one hand up, Jesus, like um, blessing you. Or oh, just like yeah. This, like, it was so great. And then the other hand was stretched out and like, come. I'm so yes. glad you're here. Yeah. And then here I am to just provide you that peace that you needed. It was just, there's nothing like Eucharistic. Trip. Oh, do. <laughs> make a little pilgrimage there. It's, no kidding. It is worth seeing. It yeah. is, it's only five years old. Actually, six. Okay. Beautifully done. We'll have to they check built it out. It right. Check it out. But we will. Adoration's great. I encourage yes. everybody to just, just do it. Yep. Yep. I but agree. We should do a video on it. We can do a how-to on it. We can, yes. How to, do, how to go <laughs> to adoration. That is a good idea. It's on my list. Well, Robin, we are to the end of our time. I'm going to have you back because I want to talk to you about saints more. Because I, th- I think you have a lot uh, a lot to tell us there. And um, I, maybe a lot of other stuff, too. It <laughs> seems like there's a lot we can <laughs> talk about. So thank you so much for being with me today. You're welcome. All right. All right, next week we will have uh, Father Sean Haggerty will be with us again. He will tell us the story of how he got his call to the priesthood, which is always really good to hear. Um, If you aren't following us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at SF Diocese. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.